phase down or phase out. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Phase down or phase out? That was the question at COP28, the climate summit in Dubai. As of Sunday, December 10th, at least 80 countries, including the U.S., the EU, and small island nations, were urging members to agree on language that phases out coal, oil, and natural gas to avoid the worst effects of climate change. But the main oil-producing nations, such as Saudi Arabia and others in OPEC, were strongly opposed, favoring a less hardline commitment to phase them down. China and Russia, among others, were reportedly urging countries to focus only on reducing climate pollution without any mention of fossil fuels. Since the COP talks began 30 years ago, there's never been a call to stop using fossil fuels, even though they're the predominant cause of global warming. There were nearly 500 lobbyists at COP28 who, along with gas and coal-producing countries, pushed for carbon capture and storage technologies, none of which have been proven to curtail global warming. The strategy to support carbon capture is seen as a distraction and a ploy to continue the status quo. Currently, carbon capture projects remove only 0.1%, a tiny fraction of the warming gas. According to the UK's former climate chief, Alok Sharma, a failure to reach an agreement on eliminating fossil fuels will push the world into climate breakdown. In addition to fossil fuel lobbyists, representatives of the world's largest meat and dairy companies were at COP28 in record numbers, three times as many as last year, including some from fertilizer and pesticide firms. The increased attendance comes as more focus is placed on the food industry, calling for cuts in its greenhouse gas emissions. The UN issued a new report last week showing animal agriculture, including feed production, contributes up to 20% of emissions in addition to causing soil degradation and water and air pollution. The report shows that there are alternatives to conventional meat and dairy products that significantly reduce environmental impacts, including plant-based meats, meats cultivated from animal cells, and products derived through fermentation, which have the appearance, taste, and feel of traditional foods. According to the Good Food Institute, Instead of relying on animals to convert plants into meat, it's more efficient to skip the animal step and derive proteins, fats, vitamins, and water from plants themselves, skipping the middleman, or in this case, the middle animal. With a population of 8 billion and growing, the world demand for meat is expected to increase by 50% in about 25 years. Meat alternatives should give those concerned about the planet's future much to chew on. Many photos of the Great Wall of China show a mountaintop path made of stone and brick, but much of the structure was built using only compacted soil and gravel, which you might have expected to erode quickly and not be a good defense against invading hordes. However, according to a new study, those earthen sections of the wall are defending themselves against time. Researchers have found that so-called rammed earth portions of the world-famous rampart are enduring thanks to biocrusts, thin layers of bacteria, moss, and lichen growing on the surface. American and Chinese scientists found that biocrusts, which have been described as living skins, 
are protecting the wall from wind, rain, and other corrosive forces compared to bare earthen sections of the structure. The biocrusts prevent water and salt from seeping in, which increases the structure's overall stability in part because they don't have roots that would break the wall apart. Biocrusts can help conserve historic sites, the authors say, but they are under threat from land development and climate change. And finally, turns out you can make a better cup of coffee if you think of it as you would a volcano. That was the splash of insight that came out of a collaboration between chemists and volcanologists at Oregon State University who saw parallels between the way coffee beans behave in a grinder and how plumes of volcanic ash, magma, and water interact in an eruption. When a volcano erupts, magma breaks apart into lots of particles that bounce off each other to generate electricity, which results in lightning. Water vapor in the ash can dictate how long it stays in the air and how far it travels. Likewise, when coffee beans are fractured during grinding, the process generates static electricity that causes clumps to form that prevent water from passing through the coffee evenly and results in waste, not to mention cup-to-cup -cup variability. By working with the volcanologists, the chemists determined that adding a spritz of moisture to the beans before grinding reduced the static electricity. The water eliminated the clumps, which led to a more consistent and stronger brew, as well as a 10% higher yield. Baristas already know about this hack, but the new research explains the science and was able to measure the electric charge. The coffee experiment can help volcanologists in their work. They can explore the particle-scale physics of volcanic plumes without exposing themselves to searing hot ash or rivers of white-hot lava. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.